Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in. This is the Imagine What We Can Do Together podcast, a podcast brought to you by Global Citizens Community. For more information, follow us on social media at Imagine What We Can Do Together. Without, Without further, further ado, let's dive, dive into, into the, the episode. episode. I'm Nikki. And I'm Joelle. Today we'll be interviewing Dr. Hyman. Dr. Hyman is the CEO of Global Citizens Community, and for the past 25 years, he has dedicated his life to making a difference. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Hyman. Hello. Hey, Nikki. Joelle, thank you so much for having me here. Hello, Dr. Hyman. Welcome to the Imagine What We Can Do Together podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about what a global citizen is? Well, I think there's many ways to understand and think about global citizenship. But over the last number of years, I've developed uh, the following view. I think that at its core, at its heart, it's about deepening and expanding uh, the capacity for empathy, compassion, and solidarity, solidarity to, to other living beings be they humans or, or animals or, for that matter, the environment. And that, the, d- the deepening part uh, is, is to have a, a strong feeling of concern, not just awareness, but also concern for the suffering of others. But in addition, we try to expand that beyond one, just the one's own family and friendship circle uh, to, to individuals, living beings outside that circle, and potentially to people or, or beings halfway around the world. Now, uh, the way I've approach this is through three uh, pillars. One is uh, making connections. I think it's essential to have a foundation of relationship, connection, whether it's within the club structure that we have here at at this particular school and chapter, uh, whether it's uh, our relationships with individuals that we develop with teachers and students, um, you know, all around the world, which we currently have, about uh, 10 schools that we interact with. So making connections. Uh, developing a sense of understanding of similarities and differences and celebrating uh, those differences and appreciating them. Secondly, education. We have to raise awareness first within ourselves about uh, significant issues, whether they be local issues, national issues, or global issues, things that impact the lives of others, things that we can do something about. And in addition, I, I, I want to add, we also, of course, uh, want to become aware of the, uh, the, the cultural uh, experiences of others and how that, those differ as well. We need to be sensitive to that and, again, celebrate that. Uh, and lastly is action. We want to make a difference. And this, to me, is, is, is really where uh, the most exciting stuff happens because uh, it's, when we take action, especially with people like, like you, uh, Joelle, Nikki, and members of our, our group, uh, I, it, you, you are testament, you are proof of the power of young people, adolescents, to make a difference. You don't have to wait till you're an adult. So to review, connections, education, and action. That's what global citizenship is, to promote empathy, compassion, and solidarity. And how have we um, included this ideal in our community? How, how, like how have oh, we what are some ways that we've done that? Well, it's, there, it's been many different forms. Very quickly, there's, I started off with a season for nonviolence, a bunch of, which is more of an educational uh, series of events, uh, school-wide events, way back uh, in the late 1990s. Uh, then we went to focus on human rights, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which is one of the core things I'd like to introduce uh, to all students for you know, educational purposes. We had a, and when we did that, we f- ended up focusing our action on landmines, which was, was a, a real global problem in the late 90s. Uh, and we ended up uh, sponsoring the removal of landmines in several villages in Bosnia. 
we then moved uh, into a focus uh, on Cambodia, the country of Cambodia, and various, uh, 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 both its culture, learning about its culture, but also some of the historical issues they've had, including a, a fairly recent genocide that occurred in the 1970s and 1980s that had a great impact on, a negative impact, of course, on the nation. Uh, I was able to bring a handful of students uh, with their guardians on a two-week trip to Cambodia. We learned about, uh, intimately, about Cambodia in all kinds of ways, and then we came back and came up with a whole uh, Cambodia humanitarian initiative. The next thing we did was um, our, our group decided they wanted to uh, sponsor construction of a school in sub-Saharan Africa, which we ended up doing over several years of very hard work. I was, I was amazed, and uh, we sponsored the building of a school in Ethiopia. And uh, here we are now working on an initiative that we refer to as a need for hope, involving uh, the support of girls' education in Ghana and Uganda, as well as the um, rehabilitation of uh, recently liberated children who had been enslaved in, in the Lake Volta region of Ghana. So very proud to be associated with all of those uh, initiatives. What's one of your biggest challenges in the organization, or what is a challenge that you've had to overcome over the years? Well, I, I think the main, the main uh, concern I have is oh, each year is, will there be enough student interest? And so I, I do my best <laughs> to go around from, from room to room and, and uh, ask and uh, introduce what I do and ask students, would yeah. you like to join? And I'm always uh, so, so deeply touched that uh, there are uh, students like yourselves who, who are willing to invest time, your own time and energy, a tremendous amount of it. To, to, to be members of this uh, Global Citizenship Initiative. This is not the kind of thing where you come for an hour a week and forget about it. This really, is, it really had, puts a hold on you. So uh, the challenge is, is maintaining and continuing to grow this uh, community of global citizens, which is, I, I wanna emphasize, is based on youth leadership and, and youth uh, control. You know, I, just, I, I serve hopefully as a, as a facilitator, but uh, uh, yeah, so I think that while that has been a challenge, uh, I think uh, right now we're in a wonderful position. I know that this club and this community has amazing outreach. Do you know, um, can you list some of the places that we've made connections with? Well, yes, for our connections piece, we have uh, many countries. Uh, we have uh, Korea, Vietnam, India, uh, Morocco, uh, Ghana, Uganda. I, I feel like I'm Romania. I feel like I might be forgetting one or two more. But uh, you can see that we have a sprinkling of, of, of nations uh, uh, and continents covered. And we want to continue, incidentally, I want to say that this is, for those of you who are listening who may be educators or may be young people who are interested in what we're talking about and want to talk to, to a teacher that you know, uh, we are always looking to expand our community. So please reach out if, if that interests you. Do you think that there was one um, person who really guided you down this path, one very in influential person throughout your life? Well, I mean, I, I've always worked hard to develop my own set of uh, beliefs, uh, uh, moral beliefs. I majored in philosophy, and that's essentially what I, my, my goal was. But there have been uh, extraordinary historical figures that, uh, whether I agreed with everything they did or not, they, their, 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 their uh, life mission uh, deeply touched me. Mahatma Gandhi would be certainly one of them, uh, introducing the concept of nonviolence to me as, at a young age uh, through learning about him. And I also met his grandson and learned more about Gandhi through, his, uh, through, that, through that meeting. Uh, also, Raoul Wallenberg, who was the, the, this extraordinary uh, rescuer uh, during the Holocaust, who saved uh, tens of thousands of lives in Hungary. Uh, there are others as well. But you know, I, any examples I can find of individuals who are willing to put the needs, uh, the needs of others first has always inspired me to, to try my best in my small way to do the same. Why are you so passionate about you, what you do? 
I, uh, that's a great question, and uh, I as why I think of I like to think of I've I've always felt a degree of uh, empathy at a, even at a young age for 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 those who suffer, and I've I when I um, began teaching, uh, actually he was a language arts teacher. Uh, I was told in my very first year that I was that I would need to teach a, a, a course in, about the Holocaust to sixth graders. I was a little concerned about that at the time, not, not, not at that time understanding the capacity, the amazing capacity of sixth graders and, and middle school youth to really take on such, such incredibly powerful topics. But um, I ended up uh, learning more about the Holocaust than I, than I had. I taught that unit and I was so, uh, t first of all, inspired by the young people and their ability to look at, those, at the, the horror of that, but also the, also the humanity. And, and the resistances that people that uh, that the uh, Jewish people during that time period and their re and some of the rescuers tried to uh, uh, utilize to try to get through that horrific uh, time frame and it it you know the the writing of the young people in response it just it it touched me deeply and I have always felt like it is my moral obligation especially as an educator since I have young people in front of me on a daily basis I. Uh, the sole goal I have in that capacity is to promote the, the moral power and, and voice of young people to create a world where such things could never happen again. So I think that's, yeah, I think that learning about the Holocaust was a real touchstone. I have a question. What, uh, what powered you to get into teaching and especially teaching children of our age? All right. So uh, <laughs> funny story. I, I think I majored in philosophy, as I said. I did not take a single course in education. Uh, I was a little bit uh, unclear what my next steps would be after college. Uh, a neighbor across the street happened to be a guidance counselor in the South Bronx, and uh, she knew me a little bit and saw me interact with uh, her child playing, uh, playing around a little basketball, whatever it was, and she, thought, she came over and said, you know, Mark, um, I want you to tr look at education as a possible path. How about you come into our school and check it out for a day? And uh, I said, okay. I went in and, frankly speaking, just fell in love with the idea of the young people and touching the idea that I could, I could make a difference in their lives. So it was, a, it was sort of a transformative uh, moment, and I applied for, uh, to teach and got a job teaching in, not in that school, but in the South Bronx, uh, and then I made a commitment to get my education degree while, while I was teaching. So, yeah. It's really cool. Was there any correlation between um, wanting to like, help people and having empathy towards people who struggle and becoming like, a social studies teacher? Um, well, I, I, I certainly social studies. You look at uh, you look at, of course at the kind of issues that we've been talking about, uh, and I always in my in my current teaching, I always try to bring out stories, uh, try to humanize the, the the stuff we we learn. It's not it's not about dates. It's about human beings and their decisions uh, that that impact uh, communities in positive or negative ways. And I my goal with my social social, social studies classes is to emphasize the moral dimension of what they're learning. It's not just a bunch of facts and information. Decisions are made by real living human beings that either were or were not uh, uh, moral. And I want the, the young people to learn about that. So I, yeah. Going back to the a need for hope, that's currently, that's yes. our current focus yes. in the club right now. Um, what events have we done to really like help fundraise or help bring awareness to it? And what and what events are we planning on doing in the future? I, and that's a great question. If I could, I want to just say a few words about the actual initiative uh, and how it, what it is, and how it developed. And this is, I think, very important. Uh, we did we, we in our community here don't just sort of randomly pick uh, global issues to to, uh, to to do something about. 
we first we we did some research. Uh, we we felt concern about girls' education, and then there were two teachers, uh, both uh, in our current community that we have a virtual uh, monthly meetings with. One in Ghana, one in Uganda. That we learned had separately had very powerful. Um, uh, girls' education development programs in, in, those, in their respective countries. So after uh, learning more about their programs and knowing them personally, we decided to go forward and educate them, uh, educate, excuse me, sponsor the education of the girls in their programs. Uh, in terms of the Uganda story, these are girls that are extremely vulnerable, who, many of whom were in, in, in early marriages, uh, perhaps in many cases uh, against their own will, uh, in, resulting in perhaps in many in cases in pregnant, early pregnancies. And so these are situations where the girls are pulled out of uh, education and we are trying to um, give them an opportunity to restore that uh, pathway to improve their lives. In Ghana, uh, similar, similar uh, concerns of early, early marriage and um, extreme poverty. And we're trying to help the girls continue to uh, get back to school there. The other issue that we're de uh, developing is something, um, it, it's about child enslavement in Lake Volta, Ghana. Uh, there, there's a, a teacher in, very, uh, in New Jersey near us who, who learned about this problem and has developed a, 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 an incredible program to rehabilitate children who have been recently liberated from this terrible enslavement uh, in the fishing industry in the Lake Volta. And uh, this, his program, is, a gentleman's named Evan Robbins, his program uh, provides housing, it provides education and or vocational training to give these young people a chance to truly uh, reclaim uh, and, and, and craft a life of their own. And we're, we are very proud to support him and his organization and, and, and give these young people a chance. So the, a need for hope is, is about uh, helping uh, vulnerable uh, young people um, ha restore a sense of their own power, their own voices, and their own life journey. Um, now... Um, the other question was... Um, what have we done prior to Okay, this? so the events. Uh, yeah, we're, I'm really excited. And I wanted to say that uh, uh, my partner, uh, uh, Evan Lattimore, high school student, 10th grader, has been involved since 7th grade. He is a major, major driving force here uh, in terms of coming up with ideas uh, and, and making these things come to fruition. Um, so with that said, we, we've... Um, I'm not going to forget anything here, but I know we had a major... Um, uh, festival, uh, Festival of African Cultures, and we had uh, really a school uh, throughout our school uh, recently. We had a wonderful um, set of, you know, we had a performance, African dance and drum ensemble performance. We had, a, we had food from Ghana uh, and other things that uh, raised awareness about our initiative. And, um, you know, we're, we're constantly in the process. Uh, we currently have, we have what's called the PE department in our school which is remarkable, has adopted into, uh, our initiative, A Need for Hope, to sponsor it. And that gave us an opportunity to present for the young people, like, like uh, both of you, Joelle and Nikki, who were part of, very much a part of that, to educate the entire student body about our initiative and about the problems associated. And now the PE department is raising funds for us. And so we're, constant, we're in a constant cycle of what's next, you know, whether we do movie nights next, whether we do some other ideas, and we have ideas very much uh, brewing. I have a question. Do you feel connected to the causes, specifically to the organizations? Uh, very deeply. Uh, when it comes to girls' education, I, I guess I would need to share that um, I've adopted two children from Ethiopia. Uh, and... 
Uh, I am well aware that their education would have been fairly non-existent. Certainly my daughter, Meskis, would have been non-existent um, in their, in the, in their uh, birth setting, uh, unfortunately. And so, and I know now that uh, both my children, Meski Yahal Shed, are, are I think, thriving uh, in, in, you know, in their academics and in their life journey, each taking different paths, and Meski has just gone on to college. So when I think about the, uh, the sort of alternate life routes that, that my children could have had, it, it, it touches me very deeply. It's not just an ethical, moral demand, which it is, that all girls get the same opportunity to go to school, but it's also, for me, there's that added component, uh, that personal component. Uh, I always think of my daughter in particular uh, because of her she's going, she, because of her being in college and, of course, my son as well in high school. Do you mind uh, me asking, how exactly did we establish these connections with the organizations and... Um and all of our, all of the countries around the world. Well, it's been a, it's been an ongoing process. There's no one avenue. Uh, you know, uh, I've tried my best to find different platforms where I've been able to uh, touch base with different educators uh, around the world. And it's just kind of, uh, you know, I literally have reached out and, and introduced our program with with pride. I might say, say, hey, look, we got something great going on here. Would you like to be part of it? And you know, a percentage of teachers, of course, uh, 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 just like just like a percentage of students respond and come to the club. Percentages of teachers have expressed interest, even though my outreach comes seems to come from a little bit from left field, so they don't know me personally. Uh, and as a result, we've slowly been, but surely been, uh, you know, growing a, this this sort of global organiza organization in a global way. What was your first reaction when you became aware of the causes that we now support? A girls' education? Yes, or, you mean in, in the Need for Hope initiative, or is that what you're referring to? I'm referring to when you came aware of these global issues, what was your first reaction to them, and well, were you always motivated to help? Yeah, them? I, I, I mean, and, and I wanted to say that our current, our current focus, of course, is on, on, on problems affecting human beings. Uh, there are certainly uh, global issues affecting uh, animals or non-human. Uh, we are sort of... Uh, Animals as human animals as well, but the non-human animals, if you will, uh, uh, I'm deeply uh, uh, concerned about that as well as the environment. Uh, typically, when I when I, I learn about things, uh, uh, if you know, if, if it involves suffering, if it involves un, un, unmerited suffering, uh, where it's, where the th where the situation should not be and and can be different, and I can visualize it being different if the society structured its way in a different way, uh, it creates a bit of a, it creates. A, pain in me. It creates a bit of uh, anger at the situation. And then I use that, I try to use that energy as fuel to say, what can I do in the world to, as an activist to facilitate uh, action to improve the situation? So um, it starts with uh, empathy and some suffering on my part emotionally when I realize it, but then I try to take that in a positive direction. I really love this club because it, it gives us, it gives people like who usually would not be able to act on any of the problems in outside of our, you know, our small community, it gives us the ability to really help, which is amazing. It gives us the, gives us, uh, the ability to learn about what's really going on outside of our small middle school in our small town. Yes. And it gets us connections with people who normally we wouldn't ever meet, and it's really amazing. I love this club. I'd like to add on to that. Another Please. thing I really enjoy about the club is that it... It empowers us. It 
It doesn't make us feel like clueless children who can't do a thing in the world. It empowers us, and it tells us that we can do it better. I think in big part this is uh, Dr. Hyman, and I think it is also Evan who has proven this. Oh, I, I, thank you. That's wonderful. I, it, it heartens, it, it touches me, that your comments. And I think the issue of empowerment is, is, is a particularly important topic. One of the things that I try to um, do either uh, is to remind you people like yourselves that we may be in a financial uh, position at, at times to be helpful. And, and other people, let's say the girls in Uganda and Ghana, and the, the formerly enslaved children in Ghana, that they may not be in a position to help themselves financially. But our goal is not, is not merely to help, but it's also to empower, meaning it's to uh, just provide them with some concrete assistance to let them f uh, take charge of their own lives. And, and so uh, we always remember that um, you know, we are all, as human beings, have the same level of dignity and value uh, regardless of financial or social economic status. So we are looking to empower uh, and to, and that's where I, I use the word solidarity. We're, we are in solidarity. We are in union with the people we're helping. Just trying to be like allies, basically. Yeah. Along with that, what do you believe are some core values in the, in the club? Uh, well, cer uh, we certainly I've mentioned empathy, compassion. I would like to think that, uh, that this, this club promotes, uh, moral courage, and I saw that, I feel, uh, recently in the uh, several events we've had where students, two of you being two among them, uh, made presentations in front of large groups of people, where, and so the moral courage aspect is being, willing, being able to stand up for what you believe and let people know. And uh, so moral courage, uh, uh, certainly nonviolence, I think that it's a given that what we're trying to do is promote a more peaceful, caring, loving world, and therefore, obviously, nonviolence. Uh, and, and also awareness, education, a valuing of, 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 the, of the mind and, of, and, and, and the, it, the need to learn and uh, learn about what's happening in the world, learn about cultures, and, and uh, also diversity, appreciation of the diversity, the beauty of diversity uh, within human culture, and also the value of, again, non-human uh, issues, again, animals, environment, that are, we are all sort of part of a web of life, we're not to, to recognize we are not, you know, some that, you know, we have great value and we have great impact on on the lives of animals and the environment. But we should recognize, uh, we should we should recognize because of that power that we have a a, a sort of a very deep responsibility to to uh, to be caring and nonviolent towards and towards those things. How do you, you yourself motivate the children in the club? And how do you em how do you empower them to make these um, huge leaps of faith to help? Um, I, I could answer, but since you're one of the students in the club, do you, what's your sense of that? How, how have you experienced it from the student? And you want me to answer first? Because I'm very curious what your perception is. So I think you make us feel empowered. You make us feel like we can do anything, and then. When we put our minds to these things, then there's no coming. There's like, we're keeping going, we're laser focused, and we need to help. So after you empower us in this motivational sense, then I think we, then we go towards the step of indulging ourselves in the topics and um, making ourselves aware of the global issues that 
the world experience is and then I believe that some people pick a pick uh, something from a need for hope that they feel connected to, something that they feel they need to help, and then they keep going. And I think that's how how we're able to function as a group of young people. To add on to that, um, it's really amazing because when we first, when I first joined the club, you introduced many many new topics to us, and you also showed us all the different ways we can help, all the different ways we can awareness and all the different ways that we can you know really put ourselves out there and put the ideas our ideas out there and um and you've just really like you've really like opened up our viewpoint of the world and kind of our viewpoint of what we're what we're allowed to do um and what we what we actually physically can do so it's really amazing all the events we plan all the we get to really take charge as even though we're only students we get to really take charge and feel like we're making a difference. And I feel like that's that's the amazing thing you've gave us, honestly, because it's it's just it's definitely a rare opportunity. Well, that's beautifully st- I'm very touched by that. And uh, just to say the obvious, you are not only students, and I, th- I know that you know that. You are global citizens. And that's that's something that's spectacular. Maybe the most important thing you can be on this planet. Um, and I just want to add one thing uh, to the beautiful comments you just said, which is I learned, and I go back to the uh, Holocaust unit that I mentioned a, while, a moment ago, um, um, I, that, that young people, starting in grade six, maybe even earlier, but certainly in middle school level, can take, or have, it, they, you guys are able to, uh, to, to tackle any topic. You're able to hear about it and, and process it. And then, inter- and then make meaning of it and then express your views on it. And, and so I've always had the, the, the faith in young people that they not only are capable of doing that, but want to do that, that you guys and want to learn about the world, want to uh, be active in the world, not, not quote-unquote just be students. But part of being a student is to, be, to, be, to turn that into being a, an activist, being someone who makes a difference, whose voice is heard. And um, I, uh, I, I, I believe that when I introduce topics in various ways to you guys, I, I have full faith that, this, these, that, that you, the impact will be that you will want to do something about them. But another thing I want to say, not but, but an additional thing I want to say is I have learned, and it's taken me, it took me a while, you know, I've been, been, it's been 25 years, so, but I have learned without question that the power has to be in, in, in the students, the youth, making, you know, having ownership over the decisions of what we do in this community. I, I have a voice. I will make, offer my opinion, too. But it's, my voice is not, uh, the, the, not only is it not the only voice, it's not necessarily the most important voice. It's the youth in the group that take ownership. Other than, um, other than who you just mentioned, like the student body, who do you think really um, has made the global citizenship community possible? Do you think really took initiative and like? Well, I, I just you know it's funny. I'm so glad you asked that because I was just I was just reflecting just for a split second on my answers to the earlier question of what who inspired me. And yeah, I'm sure there were, there were historical figures, but you know the truth of it is who inspires me? You guys. Every time you come to a club meeting, every time I hear from Evan over there for a new idea, it, you inspire me. Without you guys, I then my voice is lost and my, my, my influence is lost. I am, I am deeply tied to uh, having young people like yourselves being willing to invest the, the time, energy, heart, soul, and mind 
into what we're doing. So uh, I get the beauty of my, my job and my mission is I get to have experience inspiration on a, on a weekly basis from you guys, and I'm grateful for it. Um, to, to wrap it up, um, where do you see this club going in the future? Well, uh, yes, we have a club, but it's now an organization. It's, it's this, it's this uh, nonprofit uh, organization that, that is, you know, hopefully going to continue to grow in terms of the, the countries, the teachers, the students that we connect with, that will continue to, uh, we will continue to look at other global issues and develop other initiatives, maybe either alongside of the Need for Hope or, or maybe we move on to others, whatever, however we handle that. Again, that'll not, that's not my decision. That's a group decision. Um, I see us having more and more, uh, even a deep, uh, a bigger and bigger impact in terms of you know uh, the, who we can impact, uh, uh, the 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 the, um, the depth of the impact. But I just want to say that regardless of of that, uh, right now I am just thrilled with where we are at this moment, knowing that there are young people in Ghana and Uganda whose lives are going to be changed, transformed, touched by the, 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 the love, the compassion that, student, that young people like yourselves are, are, are offering. I, I, it's, uh, that's what excites me. Thank you. Um, well, that was our podcast. Um, if you'd like to stay tuned for an exclusive interview with Evan Lattimore, Chief Operating Officer of Global Citizenship Community. If you enjoyed the podcast and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe to our podcast. To stay up to date with the Imagine What We Can Do Together podcast and get all the best behind-the-scenes content, you can follow us on social media at Imagine What We Can Do Together.